Both houses of Congress have passed their versions of the 2020 defense authorization bills, and now there's a lot for the House and Senate to fight over. The House version, passed last week, has some significant differences with the Senate counterpart. It also had some interesting amendments attached. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni joins us with some of the latest. And let's begin with the main sticking points. I guess you'd have to start with the top-line authorization numbers. That's right. I mean, it, it's it's money, and that's the big sticking point for the Senate and the, the House bills. But not only that, it was a main sticking point within the House. Uh, there was a party-line vote, really, on this NDAA, and uh, it, it went pretty much – it was 220 to 197 and the big sticking point here is $17 billion. So the Senate bill has $750 billion authorized for the for defense budget. And the House bill has 733. The House appropriations bill also has 733 that it's going to hope it hopes to appropriate. Uh, and, and the Democrats accuse the the Republicans of using this $17 billion for pet projects like parochial interests and also for building part of the border wall. Republicans say that the Democrats don't want uh, enough money for the Defense Department in order to to do what the Defense Department needs to do and and grow and continue its readiness streak and restoring readiness. So that's uh, where we're at right now. But uh, it's going to be a significant battle because it's the first time in in quite a while that the NDAAs have been so disjointed and they're going to have to go to conference and and fight over this. Now, one other thing to mention is that the White House has also put out a statement of administrative policy in which they've said if a $733 billion bill ends up on the president's desk, then it will be vetoed. Wow. And so the Senate, as you mentioned, is $17 billion more which is not a large number in relation to the entire defense budget, but it'll get tied in with what happens on the civilian side of budgeting, too, which complicates things. Yeah, and and another thing about this is that the defense authorization bill, at least on the House side, doesn't have offsets for that $17 billion, which is a tradition that has gone back pretty far for those defense uh, authorization bills. And that really just means that they offset the the money with something else, some sort of tax or, or, or savings. Uh, so uh, Chairman Smith, uh, chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, said that that's basically like monopoly money. It's money that's just going to further the deficit that's that's already growing. And what about the balance between the regular operation of the Defense Department and the overseas contingency operations? That's been a sticking point over the years. But the OCO has been shrinking a little bit. But what what are they? How do they break down? Right. Well, well, right now, the, the Congress really was a stickler on OCO at this point. And, and the reason that they sort of did, did it this way is that the administration, when it originally put out its budget request, asked for nearly $100 billion in OCO. And, and they broke OCO into two different sections. One is real OCO, which they need for emergency war spending. And a second is for base OCO. Uh, and that was just so that they wouldn't go over the uh, sequestration caps that would be returning in 2020. Congress just said, you know, we, we can't deal with that. We need much more oversight and, and planning. And so they moved basically about $98 billion back into the, uh, the, the base budget. And I'm curious, are they close together on end strength, number of troops and forces? Yeah, for the most part, those those are pretty similar. Uh, the, the big difference is really in that $17 billion, like I said, coming in very small parochial things. 
and also what the administration wanted in in border wall type funding, things like that. So uh, it's really a, a small issues, but issues that uh, are, are big sticking points for for the the House Democrats and, and Republicans. We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mossione, and there are some major policy differences too. For example, I think the Senate funds development of a low yield nuclear weapon where the House specifically prohibits it. There's a lot of things like that between the two chambers also. Right. Well, I mean, one of the things that uh, is is a big um, issue right now is the Space Force. They have differences within their Space Force. Now, there's small differences, and that's something that I don't expect that they'll have any issue trying to, uh, you know, buffer out in conference. That's going to be a much smaller issue than the uh, than, than the top line number. But they do have different ways that they approach the Space Force, but they're very minuscule differences. Uh, you know, so, some of the other differences just happen to be in, in the, the way that they fund certain personnel accounts and things like that. And what about this? Uh, some of these amendments that you mentioned, especially in the House, for example, block on weapons sales to Saudi Arabia because some people feel that they should not be worthy of buying weapons from us because of the Khashoggi case and other human rights issues within Saudi Arabia. The administration sees them as an ally, kind of like our SOB and not the other side's SOB, whatever you want to <laughs> right. put it. And how much are those likely to be sticklers? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a possibility that they will be. The, the, some of the ones that I really looked into I, I don't think will be too uh, controversial, but there's definitely going to be some. And, and there were some extremely controversial ones on the House floor. There was one that took away that $17 billion and completely cut it out, uh, an extra $17 billion from OCO. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's one issue before we get into the amendments that I wanted to add that's another fold within this sort of budget saga, and that is that since these these houses have moved that OCO funding back into the base budget, that means that sequestration is something that needs to be de- dealt with. So after these uh, these authorization bills are passed, or if they are passed, and if the budget bills are passed, they're also going to have to do a budget deal or sequestration will come back, and the Defense Department's going to have its uh, its its budget cut anyway. So that's another uh, issue that they're going to have to come together on if they want a defense budget. And meanwhile, there's only another week and a half in the session until they take the August break. And then, you know, you're looking down the glide scope of the end of the fiscal year. So it's not going to be early for the NDAAs, regardless of what they end up doing, like it was last year. That's right. And there have been some reports that the government is coming to an end of its money a little bit earlier than usual in yes. September. So uh, a lot to, to follow there. All right. And some of these amendments that you wanted to elaborate on in, uh, in the House bill, there was quite a number of them. It right. Quite a number of that's right. In fact, so many that they uh, that the uh, rules committee chairman, Representative McGovern, said that he thinks it may be the most amendments on any any bill ever. It's four hundred and thirty nine. So they had a lot to talk through. Uh, uh, Some of the ones that that really came out to me, and and this also is sort of brings up how this is part of the House version. uh, Climate change. It's a recurrent issue now within the Defense Department and within the NDAAs. If you remember a few years ago, Representative Langevin from Rhode Island said uh, he was a Democrat. He said that he wanted the Defense Department just to report on the bases that were most uh, vulnerable and needed resilience uh, from climate change. He had to go through a big fight with the Defense Department on that. So now some of the, the lawmakers are using that information that they finally got from the Defense Department to uh, ask for more things. One of the things that Representative Charlie Crist of Florida 
uh, asked is that the defense secretary account for sea level rise in the projections of building new bases uh, and also just creating guidelines for energy and climate resilience on military bases. So, uh, you know, that's something that uh, military bases are going to have to deal with uh, in the future. It's it's kind of an, uh, something that's inevitable at this point. So they want to make sure that they're using historical data and current conditions when building those timelines. Uh, one other thing, Representative Veronica Escobar of Texas, she directs DOD to put a dedicated line in its budget for climate change mitigation. And, you know, that, that's kind of a big deal because, you know, you, you just think about, you know, whatever, it's a budget line. But a budget line is something really big within the Defense Department. It's something you can point to when you go down the floor and say, you know, we're spending this much money. Um, and, and that's something that I'm sure lawmakers will use as a, as a uh, political point for sure. And were there any amendments with respect to some of the social issues, such as service by transgenders? Yes. So uh, Representative Jackie Spear, who has really been a spearheader on on this issue, she's a Democrat from California. She put in an amendment which passed uh, basically just saying that anyone who meets the the standards are is going to be in the military that made it into the House uh, bill Uh, recently. General Mark Milley, who's now the chief of staff of the Army, but will be the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that he has no issue with transgender people going into the military as long as they meet the standards. So, uh, you know, this may have some debate within conference, but it might probably will make it into the bill if if you, you really think about it. One of the other things I wanted to bring up is the Government Accountability Office earlier this year uh, put out a, a report saying that black and Hispanic people are being court-martialed more than other races in the military. Now, they're not trying to say necessarily that there is systemic racism, but they needed the Defense Department to collect more data in order to kind of keep an eye on this issue and see if there is racism within there. So there is a bill that just basically codifies those recommendations from GAO. Wow. So a lot to ponder, for sure, for (laughs) the two sides. I guess the staff will have to figure it out. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com.